0: The Practice of Piety, a Puritan devotional manual by Lewis Bailey. And we're continuing, this is very wonderful. We've come to a prayer for the morning. most mighty and glorious God, full of incom- incomprehensible power and majesty, whose glory the vast very heavens of heavens is not able to contain, Lord, look down from heaven upon me, thine unworthy servant, <coughs> who here prostrate myself at the footstool of the throne of grace. But look upon me, Father, through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy beloved Son, in whom only thou art wert pleased. For of myself I am not worthy to stand in thy presence, or to speak with mine unclean lips to a holy God as thou art. For thou knowest that in sin I was conceived and born, and that I have lived ever since in iniquity, so that I have broken all thy holy commandments by sinful motions, unclean thoughts, evil words, and wicked works, omitting many of those duties which thou requirest for thy service, and committing many of those vices which thou, under the penalty of thy displeasure, hast forbidden. <coughs> and then he has in brackets here, Here thou mayest confess to God thy secret sins, which do must burden thy conscience, saying, But more especially, O Lord, I do here with grief of heart confess unto thee, etc. And for these my sins, O Lord, I stand here guilty of thy curse, with all the miseries in this life, and everlasting torments, and hell fire, when this wretched life is ended, if thou shouldest deal with me according to my deserts. Yea, Lord, <coughs> I confess that it is thy mercy which endureth forever, and thy compassion which never fails. That is the cause that I have not been long ago consumed. But with thee, O Lord, there is mercy, and plenteous redemption. and the multitude, therefore, of thy mercy, and confidence in Christ's merits, I entreat thy divine majesty, that thou wouldst not enter into judgment with thy servant. Neither be extreme to mark what I have hitherto done amiss. For if thou dost, then no flesh can be justified in thy sight, nor any living stand in thy presence. Be thou merciful unto me, and wash away all the uncleanness of my sin, with the merits of that precious blood which Jesus Christ shed for me, hath shed for me. And seeing that thou hast the, borne the burden of thy curse, which was due to my transgressions, O Lord, deliver me from my sins, and from all those judgments which hang over my head, as do upon me for them, and separate them as far from my presence as the east is from the west. Bury them in the burial of Christ, that they may never have power to rise up against me, to shame me in this life, And to condemn me in the world which is to come. And I beseech thee, O Lord, not only to wash away my sins with the blood of thine immaculate Lamb, but also to purge my heart by the Holy Spirit from the dross of my natural corruption, that I may feel thy Spirit more and more killing my sin, and the power and practice thereof, so that this day I may with more freedom of mind and liberty of will serve thee, the everlasting God, in righteousness and holiness. And give me grace that by the direction and assistance of the same Holy Spirit I may persevere to, thy, to be thy faithful and unfeigned servant to my life's end, that when this mortal life is ended, I may be made a partaker of immortality and everlasting happiness in thy heavenly kingdom. In the meantime, O Lord, whilst it is thy blessed will and pleasure that I may continue to, sp- to spend and end that small number of remnant of days which thou hast appointed for me to live in this vale of misery. Teach me so to number my days that I may be, apply my heart into wisdom. And as thou dost add days into my life, so, good Lord, I beseech thee, add repentance and amendment to my days that as I grow in years, so I may increase in grace and favor with thee and all thy people. And to this end, give unto me a supply of all those graces which thou knowest to be wanting in me and necessary for me. With an increase in all those good gifts whereupon thou hast already endowed me, so that I may be the better enabled to lead such a godly life, an honest conversation, as that thy name may be thereby be glorified. Others may take good example by me, and my soul may more cheerfully feed on the, the peace of the good conscience and be more replenished with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And here, O Lord, according to thy bounden duty, I give thee most humble and hearty thanks. For all those blessings which of thy goodness thou hast bestowed upon me, and namely, for that thou hast of thy free love, according to thine eternal purpose, elected me before the foundation of the world was laid unto salvation in Jesus Christ. For that thou hast created me after thine own image, and hast begun to restore that in me which was lost to our first parents. For that thou hast effectually called me by the working of thy spirit, and in the preaching of the gospel, and in the receiving of the sacraments, through the knowledge of thy saving grace and obedience to thy blessed will for that thou hast bought and redeemed me with the blood of thine only son from the torments of hell and the thrall of Satan for that thou hast by faith in Christ freely justified me who am by nature the children of wrath for that thou hast in good measure sanctified me by thy Holy Spirit and given me so large a time to repent together with the means of repentance I think excuse me (coughs) I thank thee, likewise, good Lord, for my life, health, wealth, food, raiment, peace, prosperity, and plenty. And for that thou hast preserved me this night from all the perils and dangers of body and soul, and hast brought me safe to the beginning of this day. As thou hast now awakened my body from sleep, so I beseech thee, awaken my soul from sin and carnal security. And as thou hast caused the light of the day to shine in my bodily eyes, so, good Lord, cause the light of thy word and thy Holy Spirit to illuminate my heart and give me grace as one of thy children of light to walk in all the holy obedience before thy face this day, that I may endeavor to keep faith and a clear conscience towards thee and towards all men and all my thoughts, words, and dealings. And so, good Lord, bless all my studies and actions which I take in hand this day, as if they may tend to thy glory, the good of others, and the comfort of my own soul. And conscience in that day when I shall make my final account to thee, O my God, keep thy servant that I do no evil to any man this day, and let it be thy blessed will not to suffer the devil nor his wicked angels, nor any of his evil members or or my malicious enemies to have any power to do me hurt or violence, but let the eye of thy holy providence watch over me for good and not for evil, and command thy holy angels to pitch their tents around me for my defence and safety in my going in and going out as thou hast promised they should do about me that fear thy name. Into thy hands, O Lord, I do here come in my soul and body my actions and all that I ever have to be guided, defended, and protected by thee, being assured that whatever thou takest into thy custody cannot perish nor suffer any hurt or harm. And if I at any time this day shall through fealty forget thee, yet, Lord, I beseech thee, do thou in mercy remember me, And I pray not unto thee, Father, for myself alone, but I beseech thee also, be merciful unto thy whole church and chosen people, whosoever they live upon the face of the earth. Defend them from the rage and tyranny of the devil, the world, and the Antichrist. And Antichrist, give thy gospel a free and joyful message to the world for the conversion of those who belong to thine election and kingdom. Bless the churches and kingdoms wherein we live with the continuance of peace, justice, and true religion. Bless our sovereign to the Queen and all the Holy Family, increase in them all heroical gifts and spiritual graces which will make them fit for thy places, for which thou must ordain them. <coughs> Direct all the nobility and ministers and magistrates of the Church and Commonwealth to govern the people in true religion, justice, obedience, and tranquility. Be merciful unto all the brethren which fear thee and call upon thy name and comfort as many as among them as are sick and comfortless in body or in mind. Especially be favorable to all such as suffer any trouble or persecution for the testimony of thy truth and holy gospel and give them a gracious deliverance out of all their troubles which way it shall seem best to thy wisdom for the glory of thy name. The further enlarging of the truth and the more ample increase of their own comfort and consolation. Hasten thy coming, O blessed Savior, and end these sinful days, and give me grace, that like a wise virgin I be prepared with oil in the lamp to meet thee, the blessed bridegroom at thy coming, whether it be by way of death or judgment, and then, Lord Jesus, come then, thou wilt, even, Lord Jesus, come quickly. These and all other graces which thou knowest, needful and necessary for me this day and evermore, I humbly beg and crave at thy hands, O Father, giving thee thy glory in that form of prayer which Christ hath taught me to say unto thee, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc. (coughs) Meditations to stir up to morning prayer. Number one, if when thou art about to pray, Satan will suggest that thy prayers are too long, and that therefore it were better either to omit prayers or also cut them short, or meditate that prayers thy spiritual sacrifice weren't to God as well pleased, Hebrews 13, 15, and 16, and therefore it shall be, be so displeasing of the devil, and irksome to the flesh. Bend therefore thy affections, thy will. they, to so holy an increase, asserting thyself, assuring thyself that it doth by so much more please God, by how much more it is unpleasing to thy flesh. Number two, forget not that the Holy Spirit puts it down as a special note of reprobates. They call not upon the Lord. They call not upon God. Psalm 14, 4, 103, 4. And when Eliphaz supposed that Job had cast out the fear of God and that God had cast out Job out his favor, he charges him that he restrained prayer before God. Job 15.4 Making that a sure note of the one and sufficient cause of the other, on the other side that God had promised that whoever shall call on the name shall be saved. Romans 10.13 It is certain that he who makes no con- conscience of the duty of prayer has no grace of the Holy Spirit in him. For the spirit of grace and the prayer are one. Zechariah ten twelve ten and therefore grace and prayer go together. But he that can from a penitent heart morning and evening pray to God, it is sure that he has his measure of grace in this world, and he shall have his portion of glory in the life to come. Number three. Remember that his loathing of meat and painfulness of speaking are two symptoms of a sick body. So irksomeness of praying when thou talkest with God and carelessness in hearing when God by his word speaks unto thee are two sure signs of a sick soul. Four. Call to mind the zealous devotions of the Christians in the primitive church who spent many whole nights in vigils and watching and praying for the forgiveness of their sins. And that they be found ready at the coming of Christ. And that David was not content to pray at morning and evening and at noon. Psalm 105, 16, 17. But he would raise up at midnight to pray unto God. And if Christ did chide his disciples because they would not watch with him one hour in praying. Matthew twenty-six forty. 40 Which chidest dost thou deserve, who thinkest it too long to continue in prayer but one quarter of an hour? If thou hast spent diverse hours at a vain ball or play, yet whole days and nights in carding and dicing to please thy flesh, be ashamed to think that praying for a quarter of an hour is too long an exercise for the service of God. <coughs> Number five Consider that if the papists, in their blind superstition, doing an unknown and therefore unedifying tongue, fit only for the children of mystical Babylon, First 1 Corinthians 14.14, 14, Genesis 11.79, Revelation 17.5, mutter over their heads every morning and evening so many scores of Ave Maria's, Paternosters, and idolatrous prayers, how shall they in their superstitious devotion rise up in judgment against thee, professing thyself to be a true worshiper of Christ? If thou thinkest these prayers too long a task being shorter for quantity than theirs, but far more profitable for quality, tending over only to God's glory and thy good, and so compiled the scripture phrase, as thou mayest speak to God as well as thine own holy words in thine own native tongue, be ashamed, that papists in their superstitious worshipping of creatures should show themselves more devout than thou in the sincere worshiping of the true and only God John seventeen three. <coughs> and indeed a prayer and private devotion. Should be once continued speech rather than many broken fragments. Six. Lastly, when such thoughts ever come into thy head, either to keep thee from prayer, or to distract thee in praying, remember that those are the fowls which the evil one sends to devour the good seed, and the carcasses of thy spiritual sacrifices. But endeavour with Abraham to drive them away. Genesis fifteen eleven. Yet, notwithstanding, if thou perceivest at times if thy spirits are dull and thy mind not apt to prayer. And holy devotion, strive not too much for that time, but humble thyself with the sense of thine infirmity and dullness, knowing that God accepteth the willing mind, though it be oppressed with the heaviness of the flesh. Matthew twenty six forty one, second Corinthians eight twelve. Endeavour the next time to recompense this dullness by redoubling with thy zeal. And for the time present, command thy soul to, to God in this or in the like short prayer, another morning, another short morning prayer. O most gracious God and merciful Father. I, then, and worthy servant, do here acknowledge that as I have been born in sin, so I have lived in iniquity and broken every one of thy commandments in thought, word, and deed, following the desires of mine own will and lusts of my flesh, not caring to be governed by the Holy Word and Spirit, and therefore I have justly deserved all shame and misery in this life and everlasting condemnation in hellfire. If thou shouldst but deal with me according to thy justice and my desert, wherefore, O Heavenly Father, I beseech thee for thy Son, Jesus Christ's sake, and for the merits of that bitter death and bloody passion which I believe, that he suffered for me, that thou wouldest pardon and forgive me all my sins and deliver me from the shame and vengeance which is due to me for them. And then send my Holy Spirit into my heart, which may assure me that thou art my Father, and that I am thy child, and that thou lovest me with an unchangeable love. And let the good Spirit same good spirit lead me in thy truth, and crucify in me more and more all worldly and carnal lusts, that my sins may more and more die in me, and that I may serve thee in unfeigned righteousness and in holiness of this life and all the days of my life, and that when this mortal life is ended, I may through thy mercy in Christ be made a partaker of everlasting glory in the heavenly kingdom. And here, O Lord, from the bottom of my heart, I thank thee for all my blessings, which thou hast bestowed upon my soul and body, for electing me in thy love, redeeming me in thy Son, by thy Son, sanctifying me by thy Spirit, and preserving me from my youth up until this present day and hour by thy most gracious providence. I thank thee more especially for that thou hast defended me this night from all perils and dangers and brought me safe to the beginning of this day. And now, good Lord, I beseech thee, keep me this day from all evil that may hurt me and from falling into any gross sin that should offend thee. Set thy fear before my eyes, and let thy thy spirit so rule in my heart that I, that I that all that I shall do or speak this day may tend to thy glory and the good of others and the peace of mine own conscience. And to this end I commend myself I command myself commend myself and all my ways and actions together with all that belong to thee, under thy gracious direction and protection, praying thee to keep both them and me from all evils, and to give a blessing and to all honest labours and endeavors. Defend thy whole church from the tyranny of the world and of Antichrist. Preserve our queen from all conspiracies and treasons. Grant her a long and prosperous reign over us. That would probably be Elizabeth. Bless the rest of the royal family and do them with thy grace. Defend them from all evil. Bless all our ministers and magistrates with those graces and gifts which thou knowest necessary for their places. Be favorable to all that fear thee and tremble at thy judgments. Comfort all those that are sick and comfortless. Lord, keep me in continual readiness by faith and repentance for my last end, that whether I die or live, I may be found thine own, to thine own eternal glory, and mine everlasting salvation through Jesus Christ, my only Savior, in whose blessed name I beg these mercies at thy hands, and give unto thee thy praise and glory in that prayer which he has sanctified with his own lips, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed by thy name, etc., Further meditations to stir up prayer in the morning. Think not any business or haste, the never so great, as sufficient to ex- to excuse to omit prayer in the morning. But meditate number one. That the greater thy business is, be so much the more need that thou ha- hast pray to pray to God for God's good speed and blessing upon it, seeing it is certain that nothing can prosper without His blessing. Number two, that many a man when he thought himself surest has been soonest crossed, so mayest thou. Number three, that many a man has gone out of his door and never come in again. Many a man who rose well and lively in the morning has been seen a dead man ere night. So it may befall thee. And if thou be so careful before thou goest abroad to eat and drink, to fence thy body from all ills, how much more careful shouldest thou be to pray, to preserve thy soul from evil temptations. Number four, that the time spent in prayer never hinders but furthers and prospers a man's journey in business. Number five, that going abroad in the world, that thou goest into a, full, a forest full of unknown dangers, where thou shalt meet many briars <coughs> to tear thy good name, many snares to trap thy life, many hunters to devour thy soul. It is a field of pleasant grass, but full of poisonous serpents. Adventure not, therefore, to go naked amongst these briars, till thou hast prayed Christ to clothe thee with his righteousness." nor to pass through these snares and amusements till thou hast prayed for God's providence to be thy guide nor to walk barefoot through the snaky field till thou hast thy feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace if thou hast prayed to have still the brazen serpent in the eyes of thy faith and so if thou comest not home holier thou mayst may be sure not to return worse than thou wentest out thy door wherefore through thy haste never be so much or thy business never so great yet go not about it nor out of thy doors till thou hast at least used this or the like short prayer. A brief prayer for the morning. The Puritans are very thorough, aren't they? (laughs) This is great stuff. O merciful Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, I beseech thee, forgive all my known and secret sins, which in thought were indeed I have committed against thy divine majesty, and deliver me from those judgments which are due to me for them. And sanctify my heart by thy Holy Spirit, that I may henceforth lead a more godly and religious life. And here, O Lord, I praise thy holy name. For thou hast refreshed me this night with moderate sleep and rest. I beseech thee, likewise, defend me this day from all perils and dangers of body and soul. And to this end I commend myself and all my actions to thy blessed protection and government, beseeching thee that whether I live or die, I may live and die to thy glory. And the salvation of my poor soul, which thou hast brought with thy precious blood. Bless me, therefore, O Lord, in my going out and coming in. And grant that whatever I may think, speak, or take in hand this day may tend to thy glory of thy name, the good of others, and the comfort of my own conscience. When I shall come to make before thee my last account, grant this, O Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ, my Son's sake, in whose blessed name I give thee thy glory, and beg at thy hands all other graces, which shall cease to be needful to me this day and forever. And that prayer which Christ himself has taught me, our Father, etc. <clears throat> Meditations. Directing a Christian how he may walk all the day with God, like Enoch. Having thus begun, keep all the day after as diligent a watch. As thou canst over all thy thoughts, words, and actions which thou mayest easily do by craving the assistance of God's holy spirit, and observing these few rules first for thy thoughts, be careful to suppress every sin in the first moment, dash Babylon's children while they are young against the stones, tread betimes the cockatrice's egg, let it break out into a serpent, lest it break out into a serpent, let sin be to thy heart a stranger not a home dweller take heed of falling often to the same sin lest the custom of sinning take away the conscience of sin and then thou and then shalt thou wax so impudently wicked that thou neither fear God nor reverence man number two suffer not thy mind to feed itself upon any imagination which is either impossible for thee to do or unprofitable if it be done but rather think of the world's vanity to condemn it of death to expect it, of judgment to avoid it, of hell to escape it, and of heaven to desire it. <coughs> Number three. Desire not to fulfill thy mind in all things, but learn to deny thyself those desires, though never so pleasing to thy nature, which being attached will draw either scandal on thy religion or hatred to thy person. Consider in everything the end before attempting the action. Number four. <coughs> labor daily more and more to see thine own misery through unbelief, self-love, and willful breaches of God's law and the necessity of God's mercy through the merits of Christ's passion to be such that if thou wert demanded what is the vilest creature upon earth, I may answer mine own self by reason of my great sins. And if on the other side that were asked what thou esteemest to be the most precious thing in the world, thy heart might answer one drop of Christ's blood to wash away my sins. Number five. As thou tenderest the salvation of thy soul, live not in any willful sin. Approve thyself to be a true servant of Christ, not only in the general calling, as in the frequent use of the word and sacraments, but also, in particular, in making conscience to avoid every known sin, for true faith and the purpose of sinning can never stand together. And to obey God in every one of his commandments, like... Josias, who turned to God with all his heart according to all the law of Moses, and Zechariah and Elizabeth, who walked in all the commandments of God without reproof. But if any time through faulty, thou slippest into any sin, lie not in it, but speedily rise up out of it by unfeigned repentance, praying for pardon till thy conscience be pacified, thy hatred of sin increased, and thy purpose of amendment confirmed. Number six. <clears throat> Beware of affecting popularity by adulation. The day never proves good, and though attained by due deserts, yet manage it wisely, lest it prove more dangerous than contempt. For states desire but to keep down whom I condemn for their unworthiness, but to cut off whom they envy for their greatness. He therefore is truly prudent, who, considering the premises, neither affects nor neglects popularity, but in any wise take heed of harboring a discontented mind. For it may work thee more woe than thou art aware of. It is a special mercy in the multitude of so many blessings as thou dost enjoy to have come some crosses. God gives thee many blessings, lest through want, being his child, thou shouldest despair, and he sends thee some crosses, lest by too much prosperity, playing the fool, thou shouldest presume. Many who have mounted to great dignities would have contented themselves with meaner, had they known their great dangers. Affect, therefore, competency rather than eminency, and in all thy will ever have an eye to God's will, lest thy self actions turn to thy own destruction. Happy is the man, who in this life is least known of the world, so that he doth truly know God and himself. (coughs) Whosoever cross, therefore, thou hast to discontently remember that it is less than thy sins have deserved. Count therefore Christ as thy chiefest joy and sin my greatest grief. Esteem no want to the want of grace, nor any loss to the loss of God's favor. And then the discontentment for outward means shall be the less perplexed thine own inward mind, as often as Satan shall offer any motion of discontentment to thy mind. Remember St. Paul's admonition. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we shall carry nothing out of it. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content, that they may be rich, fall into a temptation and a snare, and many any foolish and harmful harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Pray therefore with wise auger, O Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be too full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Number seven, bestow no more thought upon worldly things than thou needs must, for the discharge of thy place and the maintenance of thy estate, but let thy care be greater for heavenly than earthly things and more grieve for a a dishonor done to God than for inner injury offered to thyself. But if any injury be offered to thee, bear it with as a Christian with patience. Never was an innocent man wronged, but if he patiently bore his cross, he overcame in the end. But if thy good name is the meanwhile is wounded, bear that also with patience, for he that is at the last day will give thy bodily a resurrection, will be sure in his good time grant a resurrection to thy good name and impatiently thou frettest and waxest at wrongs. The hurt that thou dost thyself is more than that which thine enemy can do to thee. Neither canst that more rejoice him than to hear that it thoroughly vexeth thee. But if thou canst show patience on earth, God will show himself just from heaven. Pray for him. If thou be a good man thyself, thou canst not rejoice if thou shouldest see thy worst enemy become a good man too. But if he still continueth in his mouth and increases in his mischief, give thou thyself to prayer, committing thyself and commending thy cause to the righteous judge of heaven and earth, saying with Jeremiah, this is Jeremiah 11, 20, O Lord of hosts, that judge righteously, and tries the reins of the heart, vengeance is thine, and unto thee I have opened my cause. In the mean while, wait with David on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall comfort thine heart. Number eight. No more others commend thee for an excellent act. Be thou the more humble by thine own thoughts, in thine own thoughts. Effect not the vain praise of men. The Blessed Virgin was troubled when she was praised of an angel. They shall be praised of angels in heaven who have issued the praises of men on earth. Neither needest thou praise thyself. Deal but uprightly. Others will do that for thee. Be not thou curious to know other men's doings, but rather be careful that no man any ill dealings by thee. Number nine, esteem no sin little, for the curse of God is due to the least, and the least would have condemned thee. Had not the Son of God died for thee, be well therefore the misery of thine own state, and as occasion is ministered, mourn for the iniquity of the time. Ezekiel 9.4. Psalm 119.9 and 10. and Mark 3.5. Pray to God to amend it, and be thou not one of them that make it worse. Ten. Lastly, think often of the shortness of thy life, and certainly of death, and wish rather a good life than a long one. For as, many of, for as one day of a man's life is about to be preferred before the longest age of a stag or a raven, raven, so one day spent religiously is to be higher value than a man's whole life that is consumed in profaneness. Cast over, therefore, every, once every day the number of thy days, subtracting those that are past as being vanished like yesternight's dream contracting them that are to come, since the one must be slept out, the rest be made uncomfortable by the troubles of the world, thine own sickness and the death of friends, counting the only present day thine, which spend as if thou wert to spend no more. Secondly, for the words, for thy words. Two, remember that thou hast for every idle word, that in multiloquy the wisest man shall overshoot himself. Avoid therefore all tedious and idle talk from which seldom arises comfort, many times repentance, especially beware of rash answers when the tongue outruns the mind. (coughs) The word was thine whilst thou didst keep in it. It is another's as soon as it is out. Oh, the shame, when a man's own tongue shall be produced a witness to the confusion of his own face. Let then thy words be few, but advised, for think, whether that thou that which thou art to speak of, be fit to be spoken. Affirm no more than thou knowest to be true, and be rather silent than speak, speak to an ill, or of no purpose. Number two, let thine heart and tongue go together in honesty and truth. Hate dissembling and lying in another. Detest it in thyself, or God will detest thee for it. For he hateth alike a liar, and his father the devil. And if once thou be discovered to make no conscience of lying, let No man will believe thee when thou speakest the truth. But if thou lovest truth, more credit will be given to thy word than to the liar's oath. Great is the possession which Satan has in those who are accustomed to lying, that they will lie even though they get nothing by it themselves, nor are compelled to it by others. Let not thy anger remain when thou seest the cause removed and ever distinguish between him that offends of infirmity or against his will and of him who Offends maliciously, and have set purpose. Let the one have pity, and the other justice. Number three, keep thy speeches clean from all obscenity, as thou wouldest thy meat from poison. And let thy talk be gracious, that when he who hears thee may grow better by thee. And be ever more earnest when thou speakest of religion, than when thou talkest of worldly matters. If thou perceivest that thou hast erred, preserve not in thine error. Rejoice to find the truth, and magnify it. Study, therefore, three things especially, to understand well, to say well, and to do well. And when thou meetest with God's children, be sure to make some holy advantage of, by them. Learn of them all the good that thou canst, and communicate with them all the good that thou knowest. The more good thou teachest others, the more will God still minister unto thee. For as the gifts of men by much using do perish and decrease of the gifts of God by much using, do the more grow and increase, like the widow's pitcher of oil." Which the more it poured to fill other vessels, the more it was still replenished in itself. Number four, that you believe not all that is told you, and that you tell not all that you hear. For if you do, you shall not long enjoy true friends, or ever want great troubles. Therefore, in accusations, be first assured of a truth, then censure. And as thou tenderest the reputation of an honest heart, never let malice and hatred make thee to reveal that which love and friendship bound thee a long time to conceal. But for fear of such after collapse, observe two things. First, though thou hast many acquaintance, yet make not any thy familiar friend, but he that truly fears God. Such as one thou never needest to fear, for though thou would, you should in some particulars fall out. Yet Christian love, the main ground of your friendship, will never fade away, and the fear of God will never suffer him to do any villainy. Secondly, do nothing in the sight of a civil friend for which thou canst not be safe, unless it be concealed, nor anything for thou, if thou just cause be offered, thou needest fear him, if he proves thine unjust enemy. If thou hast done anything amiss, ask forgiveness of God, and persuade thyself, rather than thy friend, to keep thine own counsel. For be assured that what friendship, soever, is grounded upon any other cause than true religion, if ever that cause fail, the friendship faileth off and the rather because that as God diffuses among men truth, peace, and amity, we should live to do one another good, so that the devil daily shows some falsehood, discord, and enmity, to cause, if he can, the dearest friends to devour one another. Number five. Make not a jest of another man's infirmity, remember thine own. Abhor the frothy wit of the filthy nature, whose brains, having once discovered an odd scuff, his mind travails till he is delivered of it. Yea, he had rather lose his best friend than his worst jest. But if thou be disposed to be merry, have a special care to three things. Philippians four, 4 Proverbs 23.17. First, that thy mirth be not against religion. Second, that it be not against charity or love. Third, that it be not against chastity. And then, be as merry as thou canst, only in the Lord. Number six, rejoice not at all, at the fall of thine enemy. For thou knowest not what shall be the manner of thine own end. But be more glad to see the worst man's amendment than his punishment. Hate no man, for for fear Christ loves him. Who would not take it well that thou wouldst hate whom he loved? Christ loved thee when thou wast his enemy. By his merits, therefore, of his blood, he requires thee for his sake to love thine enemy. Deny him being a Christian if thou darest. He asks but forgiveness for he asks but forgiveness for forgiveness, the forgiveness of one hundred pence for the forgiveness of ten thousand talents, of six hundred thousand crowns for ten crowns, petty forgiveness of a man for the infinite forgiveness of Almighty God. Though thou thinkest thine enemy unworthy to be forgiven, yet Christ is worthy to be obeyed. And we'll stop there. This is an amazing book. It's very rich. In very detail the practice of piety Louis Bailey Sola of Gloria which was bought out by Joel Beakey some years ago let us pray Father we thank you for this work we ask you to apply it to our hearts help us Lord to be much more diligent in prayer much more dedicated much more obedient bend our hearts forgive us our manifold sins through Christ in his blood help us to be sanctified in all things to put Christ to first in everything, and when we get up in the morning to meditate upon Christ, to pray to you, Lord, for a day of victory over sin, a day of glorifying your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.